Welcome back to another episode of The Political Life. Today, we are coming to you from the very small, tiny state of, oh wait, that's Delaware. We're coming to you from Texas, which, as I've been told, has uh, counties that are bigger than Connecticut. Today, we are talking to uh, someone that we uh, have had on before, A.J. Bingham of the Bingham Group, and we're also having on uh, Andy Cates. And uh, we're going to get an update on um, their uh, activities and uh, get an update on Texas. And just, uh, I mean, my God, we could have multiple podcasts on Texas. There's so much going on. But AJ, welcome. Great to see you. You as well. You as well. And, uh, you know, that comment wasn't from us. We respect our our fellow states, large or small. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, because you're the biggest. (laughs) If you say so. (laughs) And Andy, how are you? It's great to be on, guys. Yeah, nice to have you on. So, Andy, um, I mean, we're going to, uh, why don't we, um, uh, AJ, why don't I have you kick it off and just remind our guests uh, about you and your firm and maybe uh, touch on your uh, your new practice group. Great. And th- Jim, thanks for having us back on the show. It was, it was fun being on last time. You know, quick updates. I think when the last time we spoke, um, you know, our focus then and it's still a practice, focus for us now is on municipal work. So, Covering the Austin Metro, you know that's the six or five or six county area. Um, with the addition of Andy, now we're going to be we're going to announce it our fifth year anniversary on April tenth. Um, but Andy is coming on board to be our managing principal for state affairs. And so again, this was something, and I believe we I talked about it before the show. But when I started the firm five years ago, the that was the goal of mine was to have one firm with a comprehensive umbrella of services from the local level. The state house. It was more a matter of if or, or when rather than if. And um, you know, I started my career at the Capitol, so it's I live next next to it. It's been in my mind constantly. I miss those halls. And with the addition of Andy, it's to you know head of this next legislative session in 2023. It's to extend the firm's reach there with our current clients. And I mean, ideally, while we're on the show, is to work with firms out there and companies who have interest in the booming metro of Austin and the booming state of Texas. Well, that is very exciting. Very exciting indeed. And so when you say uh, the metro area, that's uh, the city of Austin and the surrounding counties? Yeah, in particular, I would say, so you have Travis County, which is where Austin's in the middle of, and you have uh, Williamson County to the north of us and Hayes County to the south of us. Hayes County, Williamson County themselves are two of the fastest growing counties in the nation. And within them each have some of the fastest growing cities, right? Um, a lot of the the news we hear about things or relocations or companies coming to Austin is happening happening around us, around the city proper. Mm-hmm. Right. But those those are those ripples touch, you know, touch the city as well. Do you have some um, examples? Yeah, certainly. So recently, it was several months ago, I think now, but Samsung announced they're going to be building a $22 billion with a B uh, semiconductor facility in Taylor, which is just north of Austin in Williamson County. Um, and similarly, um, it was announced uh, there's early stages of talks with um, for a $2.3 billion semiconductor factory in Hutto, also to north of Austin. From applied materials. Then you have, you know, you have uh, that small company Tesla. They had their gigafactory that I believe is coming online 
with a big public opening this week. Um, and then, you know, kind of relating to that, all the different suppliers that are attached to it. But I mean, there, there are a lot, I think there are, there are name brand companies people have heard of that are moving here. But if you follow the, you know, the governor's uh, economic development agency department and also this business journal for Austin, there are just companies coming here, companies that aren't consumer facing necessarily, but they are coming here because of just business friendly environment. Um, and also it's just, you know, there's space to build. One of the the benefits of benefits of Austin, our advantages is we have lots of land to grow out of. Advantage of uh, of Texas, boy, a twenty two billion dollar facility. That's just incredible, incredible. All right, and Andy, uh, nice to meet you, and uh, tell our listeners uh, a little bit about yourself. Why don't you start with um, how did you first get in uh, started in uh, politics? Oh God, luck, man. Uh, luck or, or bad luck. I'm not sure which sometimes. I have been around the Texas Capitol. Honestly, um, I, I started in, in 2009 at the Texas Capitol and that's where I met AJ. Uh, we were next door neighbors down in committee land uh, both as, <laughs> as lowly, lowly staffers over there. And um, I have, I've kind of bounced all over uh, since leaving the Capitol in, in 2010. I went out to El Paso to help a friend of mine out who uh, is now or was uh, this last session, the speaker pro tem, uh, Joe Moody, in, uh, helped him out in the, in the Tea Party 2010 campaign cycle. And then I've worked for law firms. I'm an attorney, um, worked for law firms. I worked uh, with the Texas Association of Realtors. And then most recently, I was the director of government affairs and general counsel for the Texas Nurses Association. Uh, before I came out and started my own firm. And then um, here in the next three weeks or so, uh, I'm going to be joining up with AJ to run this state practice. That's fantastic. And what um, the next session uh, begins, uh, what, in January? Yeah, it begins in January. We are one of only two states in the country that have a biennial legislature, uh, which means, you know, I'm sure everybody knows, but um, we only meet once every two years uh, for about six months. And uh, we cram everything in the world into those six months. And uh, then we just sit back for a year, a year and a half after that, see how it goes. Now, I've been told that the lieutenant governor in Texas has, um, is arguably more powerful or as powerful as the governor. Is that true? And what powers does the uh, lieutenant governor in Texas um, actually have? Yeah, that's true. Um, You know, the governor gets a lot of the, um, a lot of the press for being the guy out in front. Um, and he does a lot of work, obviously, but to his probably dismay, the lieutenant governor does historically have more power uh, because the governor can come in and say, hey, legislature, you're here now. I want you to address these issues. He came in last time and said, we need to deal with this pandemic. We need to deal with broadband. Uh, everybody's at school and at home. You know, everybody's at home trying to do online school or online work. So you know, all these people out in rural Texas need to have broadband access. So I need you to do that. And that's fine. But that's about the extent until the bills are passed and he has veto power. That's the extent that he has actual input into how the process goes. The lieutenant governor presides over the Senate. And so he can he can have a hand in every single bill that he likes or dislikes, can choose to bring it up, can choose not to, it can kill it, you know, all that kind of stuff. So he's he's arguably more powerful. So the lieutenant governor in Texas is actually like a majority leader in a typical state. He actually has control or some control or influence over the over the calendar 
and over the legislation that gets called and and how it gets shaped. Yeah, absolutely. He's hmm. you know he's basically one of two people that have control over the calendars and uh, the timing and procedure of of any of the bills, and that's him and the Speaker of the House. Wow, that is uh, extraordinary powers for the Lieutenant Governor. Yeah. I'm sure like every other state, you just finished uh, redistricting. Um, how did that go? And is it impacting um, the upcoming uh, November elections and retirements and that type of stuff? Oh, always, always. We had three special sessions this last time around. Wow. Uh, and so we were we were in session from January to almost November this last time. It was a very hot summer to be walking around in a suit we try to get that done before <laughs> before it gets too hot here if we have if we can mm-hmm. but yeah they went through re- redistricting um th- you know there were problems with the census being delivered on time and the way that the rules work in texas if we don't get the census information during session then you have to come back in a special session or you have to wait or you have to set up a redistricting board and all that so they came back in special session and and dealt with it it you know, as it always does, it pairs people up and people, you know, decide not to run as, as a result. And, uh, you know, it, everybody started jumping around that we still got special elections going on to fill open seats. Now that people have left, we've got Philemon Vela uh, down in the valley, uh, down in South, South Texas in Congress, who just decided he was going to just 11th hour. You know what? I'm hanging it up. I'm out of here. See y'all later. So there's a lot of special elections to fill that. But Overall, I mean, this is going to be a landmark election just for the sense of who is not going to be on the ballot because one fifth of the entire legislature is not coming back in Texas. So we're going to have a brand new crew to uh, to hang out with over there and to, you know, learn from and teach and all that. So it's going to be it's it's a it's a very interesting time. Yeah. And as you, uh, you just indicated, it's, um, one of the, uh, more difficult time consuming or tiring parts of, uh, of your job is meeting new legislators and staff, establishing that, uh, trust, that relationship, finding out what, uh, is of interest to them. So yeah, having one fifth, uh, new members, that's, that's a, that's a big new freshman class you're going to be dealing with in January. Yeah. And um, since we're talking um, politics, um, the governor is running for re-election and is Beto the um, most likely nominee or challenger to the governor? Yeah, we, we just went through all the primaries here. And so we've got a pretty good table set of where the where the elections are. The lieutenant governor uh, himself, Dan Patrick, is is undoubtedly going to be fine. He's got a couple of Democratic challengers that are in a runoff right now, but knowing the politics as we are, as we do, he's he's going to be fine. He's coming back. Governor, depending on who you ask and what poll you look at, is probably going to be fine. There was a poll that came out just the other day that showed Beto within two points of him. Mm. And then there was another one two days later that had him up by eight. So mm. who knows? But my expectation, especially in very 2A friendly Texas. I, I think Beto's comments about guns and assault rifles and everything on the presidential campaign trail is probably going to hurt him with, uh, you know, any any kind of rural on the fence independence. And are there any other like independent or major candidates running? No. Okay. No, it's, it's pretty much just those two. Okay. 
And so uh, that's happening in November. And um, politically, um, you know, things have taken a, a slight turn or veering to the right over the past uh, couple years in Texas. Big time. And that seems to be continuing as, as we listen to you. Yeah, it, it, it sure does. Um, you know, we've got groups here that are funded by very, very, very wealthy oil tycoons that are basically, I mean, declaring war, intra-party war in the Republican Party and and kind of coming up with these um, litmus tests of, are you Republican enough to get reelected? And do you, do you deserve it because of the votes you took? And I mean, they're going after some of the, the most conservative members and calling them rhinos. So it is it's really interesting to watch. You know, the, the Republican Party will be in solid control of the Capitol this time around regardless. But there is a little bit of intra-party strife going on right now, it, it, even even though the you know, the policy areas that keep getting uh, talked about from from the Republicans uh, are pretty much the same and exactly what you'd expect right now. And so, you know, wh- why in your description going after what appears to be conservative members, is there one issue in particular or why do you think it's happening? Well, like for instance, there's one member up in Fort Worth, uh, her name's Stephanie Click, and she has been kind of the Republican darling female legislator. She's had chairmanships, she's had uh, a lot of important bills that she's carried, and she's kind of been the, the conservative darling for a little while. She's getting gone after right now by some of these groups saying that one particular vote that she took on an abortion bill that would have very likely muddied the bill up and made it, uh, you know, tied it up in litigation for years and all that because she didn't support that one thing. Now she's a rhino and she needs to go because she basically supports abortion now, obviously. They're swinging pretty hard and it's 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 kind of shocking, but we will uh, we'll see how it shakes out in November. But we also know that the lieutenant governor is he has already kind of laid out his policy priorities. And it is it is a pretty big swing to the right, even further than before. Andy, getting back to the um, personal side or the career side, are you a little bit nervous about um, this new venture that you're, you're starting here with uh, AJ? No, nah, not at all. AJ and I have been friends for a while. We've had a long friendship and we've had a lot of discussions over the years about working together and this is something that has, I think, been long in the works. And we finally, you know, have the financial and family and, you know, everything timing worked out really well for it to work well for us. You know, in addition to r- running the stateside practice with AJ, I also, uh, I mentioned I, I'm a lawyer. I also have a law firm where I do entirely political law. And so I help candidates and PACs and nonprofits and all, you know, all around the, all around the map, figure out local, federal and state lobby law, campaign finance law, that sort of thing. So um, I'm going to stay pretty busy. So it'll be fun. That's great. And AJ, what about you? You're going from um, being a uh, solo practitioner running around uh, the city halls Mm -hmm. of uh, Texas, particularly Austin. And now you're, uh, you're branching out. How does it, how does it feel? It's always exciting. I mean, as a, I view myself as an entrepreneur, as a lobbyist versus just a lobbyist, if you will. Uh, I think I became an entrepreneur the day I started the firm. I, Jim, I forgot to mention, so pr- since we last spoke, um, I, we actually brought on some associates too. So we have three associates who, uh, 
you know, Wendy, Larissa, and Kiana who are kicking butt and allowing us to get the bandwidth to focus on this new on this new vertical. But yeah, the team. So it's um it's been it's been an experience for me just to work on being a, a better not boss, a better leader to them and, and making sure they have what they need. So we so we can you know do these these uh new um new initiatives. But it's fun. We're we are in growth mode both in our team, our leadership, and also um, our desire to to serve again companies and nonprofit interests who have who want to operate in Austin and in our great state of Texas. And so, were those uh, the other associates? Will they be working on the uh, the state practice? Right now, we're going to focus them on local work. I think and it, it's okay. like it's the idea of coverage. I think we'll assess as we closer to session. But you know, municipal work is year round, and mm. our we're focused. You know, right now their focus is there and making sure they are just prepped in terms of client issues, but also just the practice of lobbying. Mm-hmm. So we're really focusing on, I want to, you know, Andy, Andy and I had talked about this last night, but just, it's not enough for us to just have people on and throw them in the field. Right. I want to kind of like how law firms do. I want, I want to develop a structured approach to how we, how we train people here. So we're not necessarily relying on, you know, experience connections or connections can you, can be built. But it's just, do they have the kind of core skills to do this that, you know, we can impart through experience and ideally on our end as a firm, get a better product, being better associates and, and better service for our, our clients. And uh, Andy, in Texas, when they are in session between January and June or late May, most days are you up at the Capitol uh, wandering the halls and sitting in committee rooms? Yeah, there's a there's one of those um, graphics out there in the in the uh, you know online somewhere about you know one of those like what my parents think I do, what I think I do, you know what I actually do, and you know it's it's very much like oh I feel like I'm Mr. Smith in Washington, and the other side thinks I'm clubbing baby seals, and everybody thinks that I'm bribing everybody, and the, like what it's really like is a room full of people just sitting there in a committee hearing watching something, and that's pretty much the, the long and the short of it. You know, it's it's walk in the halls, you know, I tell people all the time, it's, it's a bizarre career to get paid to make friends with people, but that's kind of what it is. And so we just walk around and, and get to know people and help them out as much as possible before we need help. Mm -hmm. And then yes, sit around and watch, watch these hearings and see where we can plug our clients in. And Jim, I want to add real quick, um, probably my focus is next year will be getting our associates trained up so that they can focus on local work and as we get into session, um, just supporting Andy. Um, so, you, on, you know, coming kind of his, his second chair. Well, it's, uh, look, it's very exciting. And uh, we're glad to have you uh, back on the show. We wish you all the best between now and election day and next January. Jim, thanks for having us on the show. Yeah, I appreciate it, Jim. Yeah, great to meet you, Andy. And AJ, thank you. And for our listeners out there, remember, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And you can sign up for email that comes out with the show. And you can do that at thepoliticallife.com. We hope you all have a great week. And we will see you next Friday.